stories turn songs into symphonies, events into memories, and lives into legends. In our crowded world, knowing your story cuts through the noise so you can make your mark, whether you want to sell more books, increase profits, or just make a difference. At Sterling & Stone, story is our business. The Story Studio Podcast is where we explore ways we can all tell our stories better. And now, with the Story Studio Podcast number seven, here's Johnny, Sean, and Dave. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Story Studio Podcast. Um, today we're going to be talking to our friend and now colleague, officially, um, Dr. Matt <laughs> Champagne. Um, Dr. Champagne. <laughs> which really sounds like a superhero name. He and uh, Percival Constantine can get together. And, and <laughs> or a guy that runs a nightclub. One of the two, I'm not sure. So like, like really, like we spend a long, a, a lot of time around these parts naming characters, and I don't know that we've ever come up with anything better than Doctor Matthew Champagne. <laughs> See if I show up in a series one of these days, that would be. So I, 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 I feel like I, I, I got feel almost obligated to steal your name. <laughs> it's just so good. So what we're going to talk about in is um, basically involving your your audience in your story, whether it's, you know, for, for authors, it might be the audience of, a, a you, of readers in a book series. Um, for us, and this is the example we'll talk about, it was our, uh, our business audience, like the people who, a literal audience of um, people at the Smarter Artist Summit, and Matt helped us design what, uh, what we termed a sideways survey to basically survey people in live time. We'll get into that, and Matt can do his, his rant against why surveys suck. You've never heard anybody rant against surveys quite so hard before it's such a beautiful rant too well okay so first of all just welcome to the show doc champagne thank you thank you very much uh, repeat uh guest i'm really honored for that thanks guys yeah th this is actually interesting because um uh, matt is our first official guest of the story studio podcast story studio podcast and um you just said podcast didn't you that well a whole new that, dimension. we all know my roots right <laughs> so um yeah yeah matt Matt was a, a, a guest on the self-publishing podcast, and he's actually a really great example of why I think the show needed to evolve because we knew that Matt had a lot to offer any listener that we would have, but it was much harder in the self-publishing paradigm to justify Matt as a guest. Hey, Matt, can you kind of tell readers how maybe they can survey their, or authors how they can survey their readers? It's not the same as talking about telling, you know, the story your brand tells. And this is... Um, you know, I'm really grateful to Matt. All of us are. We had our third summit and it was the best yet. It was it was really, really fantastic. And I think Matt had so much to do with that. And he just kind of raised his hand and said, hey, can I help you guys? Can I design a sideways survey so that, um, you know, we can keep the pulse? And I trust Matt. I like Matt a lot. I met, I've known Matt like maybe a year and a half. And he's just like, he's great for dinner. He's great for any conversation. He's great to rant about surveys. It's awesome. Um, but this was just really special because I trusted him. I wanted to see what would happen with this. But the results were just phenomenal because it allowed us to constantly take the pulse of our live audience and be there for them and with them and uh, really listen to what they needed and respond. Yeah, and, and that's and and you guys did, you know what? What I was grateful for was that you applied the technique because I've done the same technique 
Uh, I think first time I did it was in Madison, Wisconsin, summer of 1996. So it's been going on a long time. But <laughs> that sounds that, like a story. <laughs> oh, there's a good story there. Uh, but it, some people don't apply the technique. So they'll say, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to gather feedback from my people to make my event better. But then they don't do the steps that are needed. And it makes it really bad because now it's like every, everybody else's survey where they ask you to, hey, fill out my survey. So it's really important to me to help us improve our products and services, but then you never hear from them again. So it, it discourages people from doing it. But what you guys did was actually act on the feedback and address it. And that's where the magic happens. But, but well, timing too, Matt, right? So like when do people normally do a survey and how effective is that? Yeah. And, and this is what you see if you've been to any conference or trade show or event, your own courses. You know, they never ask you all the important questions while it still matters. They wait till the end of the event. And then they say, oh, well, how was the venue? How was the uh, how was your meals? How was that course? How was the training? How was the instructor? Well, who cares? It's over. And, mm -hmm. and everybody knows that when, when you hand you a survey and the event is over, we call that the autopsy approach, then you get your five and your 10 and your 12% response rate because everybody knows this does not matter. The event is over and all you're doing is helping them maybe for the next year or the next cohort of students. Well, why would Matt, I fill this out? And it's just think, accepted this is the way it's done and it should not be. Do you think when they, when you're down to that like 10%, you're, you're much more inclined to get complainers than people who are praising you? That, that's exactly right. I mean, your gut feeling is right on this. When, you know, the people filling out that survey are those that are like, man, I can't wait to get that survey. Yeah, like, they weren't heard, right? Like they weren't heard during the event. So they're like, it's a, it's a venting opportunity, which they will feel my rage. Right, right. <laughs> but th that dilutes your results because then you're you're not hearing the good stuff. You're not giving... It skews your I, results. Right. What, what I loved about this was, and th this was all Matt. We basically said, yes, we will do whatever you tell us to do. And, um, because there's, there's trust there in that relationship. And I know that it's really about doing the best for our audience. And he said, okay, you're going to have to basically ask them at every break, <laughs> you know, to go to, you know, sterlingstone.net forward slash feedback. And there's just going to be two questions to answer. And the, we didn't have pushback at all because we trust Matt, but I understand what the pushback would be, which is, okay, we're constantly asking them, like, isn't that nagging a little bit? And, and Matt said, no, because we're, we're training them that we're, as long as you respond to them after each time, then you're teaching them that they're going to be heard. And that and, absolutely played and out. And it's in their interest to actually, you know, say what they like or they don't like because they're there. They paid money to be there and we want to give them what they want. And to actually be able to see that real time where we're, where we're, uh, succeeding and where we're falling short, uh, where we just need to tweak a little bit. Uh, uh, just invaluable. Okay, okay. Let me do that thing. Cause we're doing that thing now where we're, we're delving in a little bit deeper on something that people may, may not really understand what we're talking about yet. So, um, let me just back up a bit and explain what it is that we are talking about. So we just did, um, God, it's only been a week and a half. It <laughs> was a ago. long week and a half. We did our third annual smarter artist summit in Austin. And, um, we started, we, I mean, cause uh, like, honestly, no, no offense, Matt, surveys aren't generally considered very sexy. Like the idea, let's talk about surveys. No, I, oh yes, they are. I, You're just not doing them right. Some, well, they're sexy when Matt does them. Um, so, you know, but we started to, to, to kind of talk this out. And the idea was to have real time feedback. 
So rather than the autopsy approach where we say after the fact, hey, did you like the summit? What did or didn't you like? We did it right before and then during. So at the um, at, before the lunch break both days and before the end both days, although the, se- the, the second day before the end, we actually mailed uh, the two days after. And most of these were just two question surveys. Right. And they were... They were things like, you know, is there anything that's uncomfortable? What one question do you wish you would have asked? What What's your major takeaway was um, the end of the first day? And what that let us do, and Matt was describing this when we were talking about it initially. He said, initially you get like, you know, a small response because everybody's kind of like, okay, what is this thing they're asking us to do? And then when you come back after lunch and you you mention it and you address it, okay, people were saying they can't hear us enough in the back. So we're, we adjusted our lapel mic so they could hear us. Then the next time you get a little more and the next time you get a little more, cause they're like, Oh, people are listening. And, um, it actually, we actually had something where at the end of day one, there was some feedback that, that, uh, that was like, well, it doesn't feel that there are as many concrete takeaways as I thought. Now we already had some of that plan that our, our second day speakers were more advanced with more takeaways, but one of our speakers, Michelle, actually asked the question of, you know, which I was, I wanted to go real deep, but I don't know if I should. And then Matt, you basically said, okay, people are asking for concrete takeaways. So boom. And we adjusted on the fly. Yeah. It totally changed the opening of the second day. And I think started us off so much stronger. Um, you know, what, one of the things was, uh, the very construct of the, um, of the event itself was really kind of deconstructing a lot of the things that we've been doing in the last year to, to scale our business. So it, it, there were parts, especially on day one, day two was way less so, but day one was a little Sterling and Stone centric. And so some of the, you know, um, constructive criticism that we got that first night at the exit day was, well, it, 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 I understand that it's the Sterling and Stone show, but like what's in it for me. And so like we collectively looked at that and said, okay, well, we need to we need to address this. We need to make sure that these people are getting what they came for. And so um, the whole morning opening was about uh, here are very some very specific takeaways that we had actually planned for closing, but let's give them in the opening, and then people can think about them all day and engage in conversation around them, ask questions if they have any on the specifics, and really address the idea of hey, look, what we're talking about up here is applicable to everyone in the room. Because if if we figure this out in 100 books, it's relevant to everyone in this room. And if it doesn't feel relevant to you, then we are breaking at the end of each session to ask questions. If you have questions, there's a mic line and just line up behind the mic and ask your question and we will answer everything that's asked. And what was amazing is that on day one, after every session, we had like a couple, maybe two or three questions. On day two, after addressing that in the morning, there was always a line at the mic. And so people really, like, they stepped into it and they realized, oh, yes, I can ask specific questions. If this doesn't feel relevant to me, I can make it relevant to me. And that's that's the important thing because we have to talk from common denominators. But everybody there, it was really important that they got what they needed to out of their trip. You know, they paid for the event, they paid for lodging, they paid for travel. So they needed to walk away with tangible things to help their business. And by having Matt kind of always taking their pulse, we were just able to really stay on top of that. And that made our whole story just much, much better. And I think that the story that people left with was much, much better 
because of Matt's work and, and us being able to listen. People want to be heard, and, and we gave them the forum to do that. And, and also to be able to, another beauty of, of that sort of real-time feedback is demonstrating to everyone at the event that people are different and that they came here with different expectations and needs and they want different things. So if you're able to stand up there with the results, you know, you, you got feedback the first day and then you guys stood there, you had a piece of paper, you're like, well, this is what we heard. And now everybody can see, oh, I'm a little ahead of this group on this topic and I'm, I don't know so much about this. And so there's lots of people in the room, they have lots of needs. And so you just kind of give people a nice comfortable feeling that, oh, okay, well, this is why they're not talking about this yet because of you know the audience. And so it's just this great reassurance of uh, even if you're not getting exactly what you need now, come on up to the mic. That's why the mic's there. And a lot of people were just using their phones because you had told them at the end of each break, hey, go to sterlingandstone.net and fill out the feedback. And there was actually people filling it out during the event, instead of raising their hand and saying, question, <laughs> they would go and they'd fill out the survey and ask the question. And I'd be sitting in the back of the room, <laughs> seeing the question, and then I'd have to, you know, but uh, it, it was great. I mean, and the thing is too, even after it's over, even when people leave, we want to be able to make sure that everybody leaves feeling a lot of closure and that they like their business and their, the whatever they came to get that has closure. And also that we find a way to touch our, our general audience, anybody who wasn't there, but like wishes they could have been. And the, the sideways survey gave us an ability to do that also, because one of the questions was, you know, was there anything else that you would have liked to have known more about? And the, the overwhelming response to that was the 40 sentence outline. You know, right. We, we talked, right. we talked a lot about that and um, people kept raising their hand and saying, well, I want to see a 40 sentence outline. And we realized we don't have that internally to share because the very nature of the 40 sentence outline is that it gets turned into 40 paragraphs and then 40, you know, scenes. And so there is no, I always write over the 40 sentences. So does everybody else. So we didn't have that. But Bonnie was like, I'm going to make that because Bonnie's amazing that way <laughs> and, you know, makes these templates. And so we were able to make a 40 sentence template in between now and the you know when we closed out that exit survey we made we, bonnie made the template and then we got we made a short little video explaining the template and we were able to send that as closure to the attendees and as something that was just a give to the entire audience and it strengthened us internally now we have that 40 sentence template that everybody can just refer to and our community has it too and that was a direct result of you know telling our community that we wanted to hear what they had to say i think one of the cool things about the survey from uh, an audience and an introvert's uh, perspective is that like a lot of times us introverted people, we, we don't want to speak up. We, we, we might not want to feel stupid or feel like, uh, or ask, know, we don't want to ask for things Yeah, because we, we don't want to draw attention to ourselves, but this is a great way to like be able to get that information to, to, uh, you know, have your voice heard in a way that helps to shape the summit. Yeah, and that's yeah, that that's a great uh, point because a lot of people who run events say, "Oh, I don't need to talk to my. I can see what's going on. I can see we're really rocking it." Or, "Hey, if yeah. anybody had a question, <laughs> they should raise their hand." Well, we know people don't. There's most a lot. There's a lot of people that will never raise their hand ever, and they'll but they will pick up their phone, and they'll they'll type a question. It's anonymous, 
and then they feel like they they get their uh, word out there. And I've been did an event this uh, summer where this one woman must have filled out that survey seven or eight times. She just kept, <laughs> you know, and then she would come back to the booth to make sure that I heard what it was that she typed on her phone and that it would get to the leader of the event. So yeah, that's you're you're tending to those folks as well. Yeah, one of the, I think that and I think Sean actually said this, but it's people just want to feel heard in a lot of cases. And if you can validate that they are being heard, um, even any potential negative things are like, like for instance, so there are things that were, that were constructive criticism that we were given at the end of day one, that technically speaking, if you were to look at it, we didn't really change. We reframed it, but it's not like we did anything different. But, um, I, I feel that the, the, the room felt appreciated even in those things because we gave them framing. It was recalibration, which is really important. Yeah. And the other thing that I think it does is it it will diffuse a situation that could have turned negative. So we had an issue last year um, where somebody at the end of day one got on the Facebook group or something and was was unhappy about something at the summit. And um, we didn't know that that was going to happen. It surprised us in Facebook and it kind of punched us in the face a little bit. And then it created a little bit of a scene like people were jumping into – usually defend us, which was nice, but still this, this person was unhappy. If she had this outlet, then I think it would have been different. It would have been something that could have been feedback on the form. I mean, maybe, maybe not, but you know, somebody could have gone home and said, Oh, the smarter Art summit was the Sterling and stone show. And you couldn't hear them. And the room was too cold. Whereas this, like it allowed us to adjust or at least acknowledge them during the event. Well, right, because one of the things that we are actively trying to sell is experience. It's not, we're not promising that, you know, our speakers are going to unlock the codes of like (laughs) publishing success. What we're going to do is (laughs) we're going to take our relationships and give you the best information that we've learned in the last year and really um, do our best to articulate what is and isn't working. But it's not... it really is the experience. What we, what we hope you get from the summit is relationships with people that you wouldn't have otherwise, or even deeper relationships. Um, Bonnie Johnston, um, I, I, I think she said this to me in Slack, but I, I really love this. This really stuck with me. She said, um, this third year was less the excitement of um, you know these people who don't know each other getting together and, um, and, and the, the confidence and the calm of family coming together again. And I really agree with that. It really felt like family coming together. It's yeah. like a Thanksgiving dinner, but without the fights with your uncle. <laughs> without the fight. I fought with my uncle, Dave. Speak for yourself. <laughs> there, there, there was enough drunkenness, though. I think that was that was definitely there. But but the the point is, it was it was very warm, and that's what we are trying to sell. It's yes, there's going to be information, and yes, we expect a hundred percent of our attendees to move their their creative business forward. But it's more than that. It really is an experience that we're trying to. Um, that, that we're trying to craft. And Matt's work by listening to our people, it allowed them to have a part in the experience that they were crafting for themselves. And just to bring this home to anyone listening, whether you are writing books or you are putting on live events or you are creating a brand and dealing on a consumer level or a wholesale level or a business to business level, I don't think there are exceptions to this rule. It is listening to people because people want to be heard. And when you listen to them, you can tell a much better story. And and also to put in 
you know, I, I talk often about these <clears throat> nine principles and the nine principles is just the theory behind why this psychology works. And what happens is most people do surveys, but they only do part of it. And they say, well, that didn't work. You know, I, I put a survey out there and I got 5% of my people to fill it out. And I don't know if this is, you know, I didn't hear from everybody. Maybe I should just act on it. But they make all these mistakes because they don't apply all the principles. At your live event, you applied all the principles, which was asking the right questions in the right way. You asked them at the right time. You did it frequently. You closed the loop and you shared some results back to the audience. You explained to them what you were looking for in the feedback. You gave them easy access to the survey. So you guys applied all nine of the principles, and that's why. Wow, we're pretty awesome. <laughs> it's almost well, like we had a guide telling us. Right, right. <laughs> like if you had just like okay, if this was an info product. I had bought the nine principles of sideways survey. I just shit the bed all over the place. It was the fact that you were there to explain it to us and put it in very human terms and allow us to do it our way. So for example, on the morning of day two, you had actually sent us a script. Like, okay, you're, you're gonna wanna say this, and you're gonna wanna say this, and you're gonna wanna say this. And I looked at that and I'm like, dude, I can't. Like, I'm just, I can't do a script. Like maybe if I get cast in one of our movies one day, awesome. <laughs> but in front of a room live, I can't do a script. What I need to do is understand the purpose of that script. And I understand why a script is necessary and why most people up in front of a room should refer to a script, but I'm just not a script guy. I don't perform well. Like to me, that's duress. <laughs> like I just want to be able to speak from my heart. So um, I did, I, I, I saw that and I saw, okay, I understand what Matt wants me to do here. He wants me to address this, look the audience in the eye, acknowledge the constructive criticism, tell them what we're gonna do about it and get the morning going. And once I understood that, I didn't need the script. So that, that was it, yeah. And I, I'm looking in the chat, I see a couple of points that are along the same uh, theme that I've asked my people some questions, but I don't get a high response rate. And that's the key right there, because everybody's, there's not a lack of surveys in the world. Everybody, sir, I mean, I came back from uh, Austin, I already had, you know, Delta's asking me, the hotel's <laughs> asking me, everybody's asking for our opinion, and we tune it out. Because we know they don't care. Yeah. Airbnb is asking for mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody wants your feedback and they say, oh, this will be meaningful to you because you're going to help us improve our products and services. I mean, like, well, why would I spend my time? But the key is to close that loop. And at the Smarter Artist Summit, there was actually a very low number of people who filled out that first survey. Yeah, but it was then, really low. That, that would be typical. But then you close the loop and you said, oh, I heard what you said about this. We're going to uh, adjust the volume on our lapel mics. There's a couple people talking. We've done this. And then we're like, oh, so what I said was heard, and it made a difference. And then you saw the numbers. The numbers don't lie. The second, the third, and the final one just skyrocketed up because people are like, oh, so there's a point to this. There's <laughs> benefit to it. And but that's, there's a little resistance you have to overcome. So for those of you that I, I see in the chat saying, well, I don't get a good response rate, it's you have to overcome that first resistance by sharing some of those results back to them. It's not only did I hear what you had to say, here's the proof. And this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this because everybody recommended it. And some people suggested I do this, but you know, I'm not really gonna do that, that's not my style. But it doesn't matter if you do it or not, just to, prove to them that their voice was heard, that's the key. And then you will see your numbers go up and up and up 
always do because of that principle. Yeah, I think there's another really big takeaway here just for for author. I mean, for anybody doing something, but I think authors especially, um, I know we've had this a bunch of times, like we'll, we'll start an initiative and it doesn't work on the, the first or the second or the third time. And it's really easy to get disillusioned and you pull back. Dave, how many times have you felt like, you know, if you send three emails and something's not selling and then you're just like, well, that sucks, right? And, and yeah. you feel almost defeated. But it's the consistency. It's that people see that it matters. And by that fourth time, wow, now you're going to get a result. So that's a good point because like a lot of times, like I'll get like Amazon or KDP sort of surveys or even like, um, yeah, basically that sort of thing where like, Oh, I, I actually have opinions on this. I would like to help. I would like to help them improve. I would like to help shape the experience going forward. And never once do I ever get a response or see any evidence of my awesome ideas being implemented. So I don't even bother now. Yeah, that's it. Once you build that trust and people know that there is going to be an exchange, that makes a difference. So if you if you tell your reader something in an email and then you close that loop and you follow it up, if you say, I'm going to email you in two weeks and tell you this super awesome thing, make sure that you email them in two weeks and tell them that's super, super awesome, awesome to say. Right. I mean, you you have to. And then if you if you tell them, I'm going to do this thing and you do it, and you do that over and over and over, well, eventually, even if you don't see those results right away, but you're consistent, they're going to be consistent back with you. The problem a lot of authors, a lot of creatives find is that they don't see it through. They don't see the results on the third time. So they assume that it's broken and they never attempt that fourth. You know, this kind of reminds me of what Mike Enderley was saying at the, at the summit about like when he started on Facebook, he was having conversations and there weren't a lot of people having a conversation with him at the time, but he, he acted as if someday that audience will be there and people will care about what he's saying. And it did build because people like, oh, he's actually talking about shit that I want to talk about. It's just film. being real. It, it really matters. Whether you're surveying people, whether you're writing direct response copy, whether you're writing you know, product descriptions or CTA teasers at the back of your book, it doesn't matter. It's, it's telling your audience, whether it's an audience of five people or 5,000 people, that you are genuinely interested in, in, in hearing them. We just had... Um, on the the table, I don't I don't think she would mind this at all. Uh, but Jen Terrell, when she in the Yay Channel, you guys see this in the week where uh, her husband had a had a launch. It was a music launch, it had nothing to do with books, but they hit their one thousand true fans, and they did this really really amazing launch. And it was all because they listened to their their fans. They listened to the listeners, and it's amazing when that happens. You can see the exponential results of that. That. Now I'm communicating with my audience. So I'm going to go out and um, do this big thing that I shouldn't be able to do. And they're going to show up. And, you know, we saw that with, I think both of our Kickstarters were that way. It was because we had listened to our audience enough that when, you know, we responded back, they knew that we were, we had their best interests at heart. Yeah. And that continuity, that momentum, that's what it's all about. We talk about the survey conversation. So, you know, I, I helped a friend who, who did a launch and the launch bombed. And then, so he has all these people that- Is he mad at you now? <laughs> Perhaps, you know, people that didn't buy it. It's like, well, all right, well, what do you do? That you offer them a solution and people didn't want it. Well, what do you do now? Well, offer them something else. Try to sell them something else. Get, you know, here's another book. Here's another, no, ask a question. Um, it, you know, 
you ask a question and then at the end of the week, you, you respond, close the loop and say, oh, uh, I've just heard your responses. Uh, here's the top five funniest answers you gave, or <clears throat> here's the five most common uh, problems that were identified. Isn't that interesting? Then you ask another question and it gives you the right to ask a question because you've now closed the loop. And this just keeps going on and on. And these people just stick around because these are the people, as Dave said, they, they, need, they want to help you. They like your business. They want you to be better. And by just, it doesn't take long just to be able to close that loop, to share a little bit of results and then ask another question. And you just keep that momentum going. Well, why would these people go anywhere else? They're getting their voice heard. You're making improvements. You're, you're, you're getting better because of their feedback. Why would they go anywhere else? Yeah, we, we, we met each other through um, our mutual friend, Danny Innie. And um, I love his approach to, like, he, he pilots everything, right? Because why assume you know what people want and then launch it? You have to launch a, a tiny pilot, figure out what the people want, listen to their feedback, and then do a better version of that. And I think that we've, we've kind of approached it that way in-house. We, we do little things, figure them out, and then do something bigger because it's really important to not assume and to listen. And again, bringing it back to the solo author, if, if you want to create a pen name, if you want to create a new series, it's, it's fine. You can do any kind of trial balloon, but you can't operate in a vacuum. You have to really take the time to understand what readers want. So if you're trying to test out a pen name or, or a series, that's a really good way to do it. Get that first one out there, but have a mechanism in place where you're really taking the pulse of that reader so that you can get a sample size, you can understand what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and then craft your, your correct response to the market. Yeah, the sequence is really not very complicated in essence, is ask, provide demonstrable evidence you know, publicly that you heard and, and are adjusting as necessary, and repeat. I mean, is that basically the, the core of it, Matt, not to reduce it too far? Yeah, I mean, once, you know, in a certain events, we have names for these. So you ask some questions before a live event, or you can ask questions before a webinar or before your course starts. We call that the insights. And then we have other names like discovery and stuff. So there's a certain sequence that's done in an online course or in a webinar, in a live event. Um, but once the event is over, then it's... It's pretty much what you had said, ask and repeat, because the point is now that these people have, have uh, sat through your live event or they've taken your course, well, how do you keep them engaged and focused on you? And that's, that's, uh, that's what it is. And, and by doing this, you're doing something nobody else does. And this is what's really going to make you stand out is nobody else does that. They, they'll send out one survey one time and then that's it. That's, you know, it took a lot of time to do, or I think I've learned everything I'm going to learn. Uh, but nobody, you know, goes back and tell, I fill out a lot of Delta surveys and a lot for Royal Caribbean. Nobody has ever called me back up and said, Hey, Matt, thanks for your feedback. You know, because of what you did, you know, we're going to make, nobody does that. So if you do that, <laughs> you're already, it makes you 1% for sure. <laughs> but, but otherwise you're everybody else. And people really do respond to being responded to. Um, but we ask, and I mean, oftentimes businesses ask and they don't care. And if you're just another one of those businesses, then you're not going to get the respect of your reader. On the other hand, I mean, everybody's trying to outsmart email, right? Outsmart Facebook campaigns, outsmart AMS ads. Just be 
a better communicator, listen harder, you know, ask your readers what they want, really care about what they want, and then deliver it. You're going to do better in your conversion than somebody who has a, a craftier email funnel. That may not have been... I'm sorry, well, go ahead. Well, that may not have been true two years ago, but I think it, I think it is now. I think that everybody has a list and people are unsubscribing left and right. Email deliverability is suffering. Email conversion is suffering even more. And the solution is to be a better human. <laughs> like listen to your listen to your readers and respond to what they want. So Ash Roberts has a, a few comments, uh, basically uh, saying, you know, I'm just not good that good at talking to the empty room part that seems to be required at the state before people actually start talking back. So before you really have like an active audience. Um, what what would you say is a good way to 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 you know create that audience and you know get that sort of get that conversation going? What what do you think is the best way to do that? Uh, with with everything I do, it's, there's always a gift and then a request. So there's always something you know being you know given up front. So it might Dave be- runs his marriage. you know so if you don't have an audience you know to to, you know get them started just to to demonstrate to them that um you know again you have that little obstacle you have to get over that most people have heard this story before about uh you know how this might help uh but to be able to give them something uh, maybe some information you already have some some concrete uh takeaways as as we heard from the summit and demonstrate to them that you know, you're not going to be one of those folks like you. This is what you're going to do. If you respond to the survey, if you, if you answer these questions, I am going to tell you what everybody said anonymously, but I will tell you the, the five things um, that's going to help them. I just did a survey for a uh, Department of Energy asking students about their careers. Well, that's almost impossible to get students to fill out a survey. When they did it, they got about two and a half percent. And all I did was say, when you fill out this survey, I'm going to share with you the results. So you're going to be able to see what jobs other students are looking for and what internships they got last summer. And people, suddenly they got a 48% response rate because <laughs> they're like, oh, because I made a promise up front, you're going to get something you can't get anywhere else. You're only going to get it from this audience and you get it by contributing to the conversation. And I'll add one other thing, especially like for a fiction author, um, the, the whole thing of talking to your audience, you, you just imagine your ideal reader. Uh, I mean, like like Michael Anderley was doing, basically, imagine that you already have this, uh, jump ahead a few years where you have a rabid audience that loves, you know, listening to you and just start talking like you have that reader already there. Because eventually, uh, when the audience is is there they're going to go back and they're going to look at your older stuff and you know you will have already written this stuff and it's it's a bonding experience i feel so if you have uh something that that uh doc champagne here can can help you with (laughs) um then i i I think matt you would you would like people to get in touch if um live events um not just live events what other sorts of things would you be able to help with Anything where you're trying to build a community, you're trying to teach, you're trying to to share, it could be readers on your list, it could be a membership site you're starting, or you're managing a Facebook group, uh, doing an online course, doing some training. Um, anything that involves people that you're trying to bring in, you're trying to attract them, you're trying to engage them. You're trying that's, to understand them. Yeah, that that's what what the nine principles are all about. It's just psychology. 
you know, you apply psychology, it works. That's why it's there. So your uh, part of sideways survey is attracting folks to you. So we ask questions about people's superpowers and what they really want, what could really make this event, you know, the greatest ever, what could really happen to you today that would boost your business or your sales. You're just getting those sorts of things and hearing what they have to say and then sharing them back with the group. And some people will hear that and say, oh, this that really sounds like me, you know? Yeah, it's and- it's understanding so that you can serve better. And and it's it's more, it's it's less tangible than even some of the things that we've said. I feel like every time we have a summit, it's an opportunity. We almost call it new year around the company. Like it's it's our new year. The summit's done and now our new year is going to begin. And this was very much the case this time. And it's how do we grow as a business? And part of growing as a business is really listening. And it's not just listening to how we're doing better, but listening to what people are saying about your business. And this gives you the opportunity to do that. And again, even if you're just a solo author, you're going to get insights into how people perceive you and perception is reality. So if your community or your fans, they think something, then that is the way it is for them. And so this gives you a tool to kind of change the conversation. And here's just a really small thing that was kind of a big deal in our company because it it helped us grow. And I think it's a direct result of being able to listen. So, um, so anyone who's listened to this for a while knows Jen, who is, you know, become very instrumental in our business. She's really helping us ideate. She's helping us grow. And, you know, by listening, we heard a little bit of, um, I mean, very complimentary. Everyone's very kind to Jen, but it's almost like, oh, it's, it's really great that they have you to kind of do like PA work, essentially, which is really far removed from what she does. So by listening to that, we were able to change the perception and say, you know what, she's our creative director. That's her job in the company, because that doesn't come with any of these other associations. And that allowed her to grow. It allowed our company to grow. And it allows our community to grow in understanding and the way that we all see each other. And we wouldn't have that without the tools and the willingness to listen. So there's two things here. There's, yeah, you can have survey tools and, and Matt's are the best I've ever seen. Like his, his questions come from the heart, which makes it easier to make a big difference. But you also have to have the willingness to listen and then to, to change your behavior, to, <laughs> to take what you hear, whether you like it or not, and do something about it. So you can't look at constructive criticism when it comes back. I'm sure you've had this, Matt, right? Where something comes back and I don't want to deal with that. Have you ever had that? And then they don't want to deal with it? Yeah, and, and that's what it's about is if you don't survey your people, if you just like one time you throw out there, it's the annual survey or it's the end of course survey, well, you're going to get what you're going to get. People are going to come slam you because they had no other opportunity to get their word out and now they're frustrated and now they're going to dump on you. But if you're asking as you go through your course, after module one, after module three, after they've reviewed your first five chapters, after they reviewed the next five, you're asking them continuously, you know, the feedback still might be harsh, but now it's from the heart. They're, they really want to help you. And so you, you just, it just, it feels better. It, you interpret it better. You're like, yeah, it's like, you know, being criticized by your, your best friend, you know that they're not trying to harm you. They're, they want you to be better, and that's why they're saying you don't get that impression if you just shoot off a survey once in a while. It, it's a lot harsher. 
So if you want help with, uh, from, from Matt and any of this f- feedback uh, surveys, if you're doing a live event, if you have a community, anything at all, um, he says he's, he's old school. So send an email, Matt <laughs> at DocChampagne.com. Um, How do you spell his last name? Just like the sparkly beverage, <laughs> C-H-A-M-P-A-G-N-E, Matt at DocChampagne.com. Um, on our next episode, we're going to talk story structure, uh, which I think is kind of overdue and should give you a container to put everything in. Um, the last thing I want to do before I leave is just mention um, right now we're opening our little insider community up again. And if you don't care at all about the stone table, just click on to the next episode so that I don't annoy you. Like, I just want to mention it for 30 seconds, um, maybe 60. Uh, first of all, <laughs> if you want to check it out, um, the stone table is, like I said, it's our it's our little private community. We are able to share more intimately and have a lot of brain power in there. And there's a, a ton of content, events and all that stuff. It's at sterlingandstone.net slash table if you want to check that out. Yeah, and this is our year four and exponentially the best yet. So sterlingandstone.net slash table. If you just want to stay and listen to the next um, episode, again, we're going to talk story structure, which is going to be super cool. And thanks again to Matt for joining us and for all your work at the Smarter Artist Summit and making it so much better. Dude, you're a rock star. (laughs) You're welcome. I enjoyed it. All right, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. If you're ready to take the next step in your business, 2018 could be your year. Our insiders group, the Stone Table Mastermind, is open for registrations, but only until March 31st. Learn more about the Stone Table at sterlingandstone.net slash table.